Oh, here we are. In person. We're in studio, in real baby. life. Unbelievable. Together. Oh, six feet apart. Yeah. What a day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Adam. Got Chase over here. Hello. Vinay over this, there. This is nice. This is a different energy. Yeah. Back in Colorado. Yeah, yeah we got the... the, the Tunes bumping. We got For a lot to talk For the first time, about. we're all together. Isn't you look that a crazy? little different not behind a computer screen. Well, I had to leave the Commonwealth and come <laughs> back here. Uh, but life is good. It's the skin. You're out of the humidity now. Mm, it's a little yeah. bit drier, huh? It is. It is a little drier. I'm drinking a lot of water. You got to. Yeah. This uh, time of year. Some kombucha. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. So. Is it nice to walk outside and not immediately sweat? Uh, yeah. I, I know what Coach Rod was talking about now. <laughs> you can go on why that's one of the greatest quotes. Yeah. You can go on walks and you won't sweat. <laughs> a, a beautiful endorsement of this uh, rich, rich community, indeed. Uh, anyway, yeah, a lot to get to. We'll start with some sad news, then we'll get into some good news, and then we'll get into some uh, news. Some news, news, and then ah. we'll be talking about a little basketball and football. We'll ta- be talking a little bit of money, and then we'll be talking about uh, the National Basketball Association, which is really setting the standard for. Uh, how these things can be handled. Uh, no COVID cases in about two months for the NBA. Right the NBA now. is killing it. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, Major League Baseball is sh- setting the standard for how you shouldn't yes. uh, operate a sports league during COVID. Yes. College sports as well. Did you see uh, 29 Louisville athletes tested positive mm. yesterday? Uh, they through a party? Oh, off okay. Campus. Yeah. It's not Louisville, it's Louisville. L- Louisville. Louisville. Oh, yeah. Louisville's had problems for years. <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. They have party COVID. problems for years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, party problems. Let's call them that. Yeah, maybe some <laughs> interesting memoirs if you know where to look. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, if you remember that <laughs> scandalous scandal. Uh but anyway, yeah, we are starting with some uh some sad news in the CU community. Uh, Chase, I'll, I'll let you take this one here. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it's kind of tough to talk about, honestly, but uh, I got word yesterday that Betty Hoover had passed away. It, it's tough to, uh, I knew I had to get the news out there some way and uh, ended up tweeting it out. And uh, of course, there was a big reaction from CU Bus fans. I mean, we held we hold the twins pretty close to our heart. Of course, we still have Peggy around, thankfully. Um, but yeah, Betty passed away at 95. What a wow. life! What a life yeah. that is. And she was at CU Games for 80 years. Is that what I heard? Did I hear that correctly? Yep, 80 years. She went to Boulder wow. High School. Wow. Grew up in Boulder and never left. And we got a few statements from uh, the CU folks. If you, uh, if I can read one for you, um, Phil DeStefano said we lost one of our greatest fans today in Betty Hoover. And our thoughts are with her twin sister, Peggy, and their family. Um, Evan Batty uh, posted a lot of pictures of him with the, um, with the twins. And then Rick George said, It's a sad day for Buff Nation with the passing of Betty Hoover, one of our beloved twins. Betty and Peggy have been attending CU Athletics Contests for over 70 years and have been season tickets holders since 1958. Uh, while we have many great fans, none of them have been more visible and loved than Betty and Peggy, and I think, I think he's right about that. Yeah, if I think the line where if you know CU athletics, you you know the Twins. I think yeah. that is very true. If you've ever been to CU Buffs game, they're usually almost always on the jumbotron yeah. every single game, and they always light up the crowd when they 
put them on the jumbo oh, yeah. if you need to get them get the crowd pumped up you put the twins on and and they, they so have their loved. pom-poms and their you know yeah it's 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 beautiful it's really amazing to think about all the sports that they've been able to witness uh i mean entire eras of oh yeah i mean you're going back before the three-point line you're going to uh national championships i mean they lived through it all. Yeah. They were here for the glory days and the worst days. And um, I think the conversation on Twitter has turned into, should there be a statue of the twins Ooh, somewhere I would like on that. CU's campus? I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. I think so. that would be really Statues cool. Statues are a little bit of a hot topic right now, but I think we can all agree on, <laughs> on, on Peggy and Betty. I, I yeah, would hope so. They yeah, have a pretty I, clean slate. <laughs> I don't think those will be uh, protested or torn yeah. down or anything. Yeah. Maybe. So every state has to send a statue of someone to the Capitol building over in Washington, D.C., back east where I'm from. What are your thoughts on the state of Colorado sending a statue of Betty and Peggy to the Capitol? I think that would be awesome. <laughs> yes. I think I think that would be monumental. Maybe them riding on a buffalo? Yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome. You know, with their yeah. together, yeah. And that yeah. chamber, you know, you got this chamber of statues with all these dignitaries and a lot of people who were part of the Confederacy, and then you get the twins there. I think yeah. that'd be Amazing. That's what America's all about. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Something something we can all get behind. Yes. Uh, I thought Coach McIntyre had one of the better tweets. Um, He tweeted out a quote. It's from Maya Angelou. It said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. What a blessing to have known Betty. Betty and her sister Peggy have touched each of our lives with love and encouragement. I think everybody that has met them knows how how they want to make you feel. Um, and yeah, they'll be greatly, Peggy, excuse me, Betty will be greatly missed and we're happy to have Peggy around for, for now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, should we, uh, turn into some sports news here? Well, they would have wanted us to do that. I think that's yeah. what they would want. So let's talk about it. Lighten uh, the mood a little bit. Yeah. McKinley Wright. We, we've McKinley known Wright. that he was going to come back. He is officially coming back and I'm going to have a little soliloquy here. Uh, Let's see it. Because I woke up this morning and I was thinking about uh, how he's coming back. And, you know, we we have our little group text. And I was thinking about how could this story be told? And I started to think about The Sopranos. Uh, Do you guys remember how The Sopranos ended? No. I'm too young. So The Sopranos ended. (laughs) You're you're aging yourself (laughs) over there. It was extremely (laughs) controversial because uh, it just ended. Like, uh, the the dude, I haven't seen The Sopranos. I remember the last episode, but the the main character, the mob boss, you know, he, he comes into this restaurant and uh, Don't Stop Believing is playing, and then he sees a lot of his old enemies and stuff, and then it just stops. And I am comparing this to how McKinley Wright's journey at CU could have just stopped so abruptly, and a lot of the people that were fans of The Sopranos were left unsatisfied because they're like okay but what happens and so McKinley Wright has a really nice year last year the buffs uh, showed tremendous promise at times but then it just stopped and it would be so unfair to uh, CU basketball the fans the team everyone involved to have a leader like McKinley just have that Soprano style ending where it just cuts to black and the tournaments are canceled and he never suits up again. And so I'm glad 
that that's not how it's going to end. We're going to get some closure on this. And he's got a story yet to be written as far as uh, the Buffaloes go. Yeah, very, very, very well put there, Adam, because when McKinley got here his freshman year, we kind of knew what he was going to be. I, I think we've talked about that Florida tournament quite a bit and, and just the way that it looked like he was going to change the Colorado basketball program. Florida or Lynchburg, Virginia? Lynchburg, Virginia. There we go. Excuse me. Insulting the wow. Commonwealth while I'm in the room. <laughs> Florida. Good gracious. He hits that game winner against Virginia. There were, was already a bunch of hype around him. It wasn't uh, against Virginia. In Virginia. Why can I not speak today? Maybe I should just it was against- not, not podcast. Um, he hits that game winner in Virginia. That just pretty much that we already knew all the hype around him that summer but that pretty much told us who this McKinley Wright guy is and from then on we thought that he was going to be a game changer for uh, the Colorado Buffaloes basketball program he has yet to make an NCAA tournament appearance could you imagine if it just ended without yeah. him playing in the NCAA tournament it, that was about to change <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it was it should have yeah, changed yeah, yeah. but I, I think we're all glad though that that season kind of had a, a fade to black like you said because they, they they weren't looking too great uh, going Starting in. Starting to unravel. Yeah. They probably would have gotten boat raced in, yeah. the, in the opener. Yeah. But but to your point, uh, when McKinley first got here, I went to practice a couple of times, and this was before we had seen him play a game or anything. And McKinley Wright was going at 100 miles an hour the same way he always does in practice. And he, he it, there was a shot up for a rebound, and he knocked over Tory Miller-Stewart to get the rebound. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And everyone just looks at him like, dude, come on, because, you know, he was a freshman. And he's got that same energy, that same motivation um, even now. And now that we know who he is, I mean, he's got some more respect where he can knock guys over in practice, and I think people would be okay with it. Yeah, I think he's got so much respect now that he's going to get into his teammates in practice. I think he's going to put a little Kobe in him in (laughs) terms of uh, how the CU Buffs are going to practice this next year because he's going to be willing to speak out. And yeah. I think he's going to be a much more vocal leader than he has been. He's been a great leader, but I think it's going to t- it's going to take another step. Well, and you look at the future of this program, and we've talked about how it could become really special in that 2021 season. But having this guy to, even if it is just for one year, to kind of groom some of these new guys coming in, uh, I think it could make a huge, huge impact. And uh, I'm talking about you, Neek. <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, or, or Keyshawn Bartholomew. Or, who yeah. Yeah. Who, he mentioned yeah, that a lot yesterday. Coming for the assist record. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And He's already hyping Keyshawn up. I mean, so, I, that, that got me a little bit excited. Yeah. And he said that this offseason is, I think, the best offseason he's ever had in his life. Wow. So I don't want to. Uh, well, I wouldn't want to be on the other side of a McKinley Wright who's coming off of his best off season. <laughs> I, yeah. I love some good off season talk about who had the best off season. <laughs> nothing, nothing like it. Well, we're really in August now, aren't we? Is he, is he also in the best shape of his life? <laughs> he's he's got to be if he had the I best off season yeah. of his life. The, the the biceps and triceps on that guy when I see him in the post game because he's like not that big of a dude. No, but just. Bulging with muscles, <laughs> like he is a a compact, uh, but absolutely very strong looking human being. I'd imagine that's not from body weight training, Adam. Yes, yes. Well, you know, I train for flag football dominance, not Pac twelve <laughs> basketball. So, <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I I don't train at all. 
We 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 had to we had to throw in flag football just a little bit. No, in this yeah. Show. If Adam yeah. doesn't get a flag football, it's <laughs> not. What are we even doing? Yeah. Uh, but no, he's <laughs> he's a specimen, man. And uh, you know what I thought was interesting about that 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 Zoom call that he had yesterday, and you'll see this in the story if you go and uh, go on buffscountry.com and read my story. But uh, what I thought was interesting was how he talked about meeting with the NBA. Um, the NBA scouts and them telling him what he needs to work on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of them was the assist to turnover ratio. The well, other one mentioned that before. was becoming more consistent from beyond the arc. We've mentioned that before. <laughs> <Yep>. Yes. <laughs> we, we, why aren't we NBA? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Adam can, cause he took the history of basketball or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball practice theory. and theory. Oh, yeah. there yes. it is. Yes. Yeah. It's, the- it's theory. Come on. Yeah. One of our listeners has read the same book. He, oh, he really? messaged me on Twitter. I <laughs> love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> it is a good book. That's awesome. Yeah. O- only the true basketball De- guys. DeMatha High School, am I saying that right? DeMatha, yeah. DeMatha, yes. Is uh, is uh, your listener friend a uh, a fan of them? Uh, he is a big uh, CU Buffs fan. Uh-huh. You know? Does he make it out to the East Coast to uh, watch some DeMatha I don't think games? He's, he's seen any no. DeMatha, but he's a basketball purist. <laughs> okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, he played some college ball. I'm trying to keep the identity secret. I'll tell you guys after. Okay. It probably doesn't matter, but I just no. like being mysterious. Well, don't it's we all? It's fun for me. He's probably one of our few listeners, so he's like, yeah. he's probably he's loving this part right now. For sure. He's probably yeah. loving this yeah. part. Oh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So, uh, what do we think? Is he going to become Peyton Pritchard? McKinley? Well, uh, Tad Boyle's trying to get the fire lit under his uh, you-know-what also. That was uh, locker room uh, material or, or chalkboard if, if material. He had, oh, yeah. If he's improving, he's got to improve the, his three-point shot to become Peyton Pritchard. Pritchard became a very good three-point shooter during his senior year, and that's how you end up averaging 20 points per game. He's got to make that jump from 15 to 20 to be able to do it. And I think he will if he's shooting the ball enough and he becomes more efficient. Um, and but, Pritchard, you know, his, his junior year, he was shooting uh, about 33% from three-point range. McKinley shooting higher than that this past season. Also had more points as the junior version of Pritchard. Uh, 14.4 for McKinley. Pritchard uh, just 12.9. He obviously Ooh. got that up to 20.5. But <laughs> the, the thing is, a lot of really good players are going to be gone. And mm-hmm. McKinley Wright's still going to be there. And I, I think he could take that step up. But I do think that more than anything, that was a direct uh, jab at McKinley by Tad. That, right? you, that you need to take the next Trying step. to spark that fire. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure McKinley loves it, too. Um, well, what? You're just giving me a look. No, I was waiting for you. Okay. You had something. Let's yeah, go. well, so the two things that he was talking about working on, which is the turnovers and the three-point shots. Three-point shots, when you're by yourself in a gym, you can easily work on that. You could do what Kobe did and shoot, what, 800 shots or make 800 before you leave the gym. That's doable in an off season, but I don't know that fixing turnovers is something that he That's can do live action. When, yeah, when mm-hmm. he's when he's just you know having the best off season of his life. Well, he's got to be looking at the tape. Yeah, yeah. You know, breaking and, and, down like the only bad mistake is a mistake you don't learn from, right? That's true. And so I'm looking line. at some of the worst games he has. If I'm him, right? Yeah. Like I'm trying to figure out. Okay, where did I play my worst? 
-hmm. what led to these mistakes? Uh, did I see this man in the corner? Did I telegraph this pass? And just trying to build that court awareness. And I think that I, I was talking to my good friend, Leo, he's a coach in Alabama this morning. And no we, free we, ads. We we're talking about, <laughs> uh, talking about the Houston Rockets who are on a tear right now and just breaking down that film. And I think that's where he was telling me he's meeting with his team on a weekly basis just to look at film. And so I think you can get a lot better just by studying yourself and uh, studying the enemy. And so kind of seeing what defenses gave him problems within the conference as well. Do you think it could help him that he's going to have a two, three, and four that are all really good three-point shooters? Absolutely. You're, you're going to go all the way to Jariah Horn. And yeah. maybe Evan Batten <laughs> didn't <laughs> oh pick a few, God. but I'm not going to put him as, not... good, as a good three-point <laughs> well, shooter. Well, having a passing center will open things up tremendously. Yeah, yeah, just like Jokic and, and Murray. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I think, yeah, I think he'll be able to – it'll be a little bit easier on him not having Tyler Bay because I think he throws – he he threw some passes that were probably not uh, highly recommended, like lobs to Tyler yeah, Bay and some, that type of stuff. Yeah, some uh, some lobs that made Tad Boyle turn red in the face, turn around and slap the scorer's table. It Man, might, I miss that guy. Yeah. Mad Tad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mad Tad. It might help him having a dry horn in the corner instead of going for the alley-oop every single time. And, well, and you know, it, it, there's only one way to get the crowd pumped up, or maybe two. Show the twins... Or an uh, a, a Tyler Bay alley oop. Yeah, good that, point. That that made the CU Event Center go crazy. A few threes in a row though, when the, when those guys were shooting oh, yeah. Schwartz, yeah. Gatling, you got those guys in a row. That could really lift the top off of the course field. Of course, the, the scientific community. The CU calls it the, Event the Center. CU you know, the no free ads. The clutch chromosome, and he's uh, got it, man. He's which got which it. number chromosome is that? Uh, you know, I'm not much of a science guy. <laughs> I so. I'm going to defer back it's to you. It's on the tail end. Maybe, maybe 21, 22, 23. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, 824 for yeah. Kobe. Okay. I, I mean, how uh, many are how many are there anyway? 23, right? But there's 46 because they're all pair. Yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. But the numbers go 1 through 23. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I haven't taken biology since high school. <laughs> I didn't but, do very uh, well ever. I took biology, biology last year, last semester. I, I got by really? the skin of my teeth uh, in college with biology. Biology and society. Here we go. We're pulling it up. <laughs> so in humans, each cell normally contains 23 pairs of chromosomes okay. for a total of 46. So you are exactly right. 22 of these pairs called autosomes look the same in both males and females. The 23rd pair... Uh, the sex chromosomes dif differ between males and females. So should we say like 24 is the clutch gene? Yes. You have an extra yes. chromosome yeah. there that makes Kobe. It, yeah. the clutch chromosome. Sorry, not the clutch gene because yeah. yeah. I think those are separate. Yeah. I, well, I like it depends. It. If, if your father was uh, Bean Bryant of the Sixers, then perhaps uh, Kobe might have got that from him. I don't know. Okay. Don't know. You know, yeah. it, it, it can depend. Maybe it's a gene sometimes. I'm not a scientist. So uh, the the Y chromosome only gets carried from the dad. Yes. So the twenty third chromosome only comes from your father. But if it is a Y chromosome, the answer is the Iverson chromosome, which is three. What? Wait, but I think I think uh, I think MPJ got his clutch chromosome from his mom. Mm. Oh yeah. Good point. Good so point. so it could be either. And yes. JaVale McGee, I don't know what chromosome he got from his mom because his mom was great, and he's kind of a knucklehead. <laughs> he got it off from oh his dad. <laughs> okay. Wait. Okay, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Drew Carter, basketball, football, 
both? ¿Por qué no los dos? Sounds like my kind of guy. Is this more basketball talk? Are we converting to football talk? I, we, we don't even know here, I right? I think we got the option here. <laughs> yeah, which way, which way do you want to go? So every player that is going to play football has to go on a football scholarship. That's just like one of the, I don't know, that's one of the, oh, really? the NCAA rules. Interesting. Yes. So he he's going to take up a football scholarship and walk on to the basketball team. But... I lo I've looked at the tape. I think he's a better basketball prospect than he is a football prospect. Um, I think he's an okay quarterback prospect. I, I wouldn't think he's anything exceptional. Um, but on the basketball hard court, I mean, hardwood, hardwood, hard floor, hard hardwood floors, the, the wood floors. <laughs> <laughs> the um... Um, I've watched a few of those highlight tapes. I know I sent one of them to you. I, I think he's a really impressive Smooth. basketball player. Yeah. yeah. I think he's a good backup point guard. I don't think he's going to be anything more than that, but that's kind of what this team might need down the road here. Uh, yeah, this team could definitely use a backup point guard. It seems like they always Every do. Every year, yeah. Tad, Tad only likes to have one on. The on women's the team could also always <laughs> use a backup point guard. <laughs> so, if he wants to. We can get into some J.R. Payne talk. Yeah, let's do it <laughs> later on. Do you think, uh, is there any potential that this guy is the starting quarterback at some point? Uh, I'd put it at like five, ten percent. Okay. Wow. I, I mean, he's gonna be right behind Brendan Lewis, who we all know how like high how good he is, has high expectations. Probably is gonna be the starter. Um, I, I'd give him the highest odds right now. So, he, sitting behind him for three years. I mean, I guess if he if Brendan gets hurt or transfers or something like that, that would obviously change things. But you have that, and then I would expect them to recruit a pretty highly rated quarterback over the next. Uh, in the 2022 class or 2023 class that could possibly beat Drew out. So um, I, I just don't see the high ceiling with him. Um, I think he can be like a reliable backup, but I don't think he has a very high ceiling as a quarterback. And so I, I, I don't see him becoming the starter. Obviously, anything can happen. Football is weird, but I think quarterback's a little bit easier to evaluate than, than other positions. Now, I haven't seen as much of the tape as you guys maybe have. But could you envision a Terrell Pryor-esque position change? Oh, wow. So his um, his dad told me he ran a four five eight forty, which is pretty good for a high school kid. Yeah. I mean, anything in four five four six. Yeah. Um, so maybe that could be in the cards. He does throw the football pretty well. He runs with the football pretty well. So it, it could be possible. So what makes him uh, not a low-ceiling type of guy? I don't think he has a lead arm talent. Um Sometimes you can get away with that with a ton of accuracy. So I I either like to see somebody have elite accuracy or elite arm talent. I don't really think he has either. So I, I don't see the high ceiling there. Um, obviously, those guys can still become reliable, especially yeah. at the college level. But um, that's kind of how I look at it when I evaluate him. So you don't think he's uh, he's capable of a position change? He, he definitely could be. I mean, Sam, yeah. do you think anybody said Sam, Sam Noyer, Noyer was yeah, going to switch true. to safety? <laughs> Um, so I was trying to road, think so. of what he could play on defense and safety or yeah, yeah safe, something. Safety's probably the only one really. You would have to become a pretty big to play linebacker. Yeah, and yeah, probably not speedy enough to to play. He probably has the middle linebacker stuff up in his head though. You'd have would to be... become a really good tackler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of a similar position: point guard and quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so uh, either one. You got to uh, quarterback. There's more uh, on your shoulders 
including the shoulder pads. Uh, yes. Yes. But as a basketball <laughs> prospect, he checks a lot of boxes for me. I think he's a really good ball handler. He's a pretty good shooter. He can really drive well. Yeah, he has, he has a nice stroke from outside and can take it to the rack. Um, so I think there's things that you just keep checking off on in terms of what you like in a basketball player, and it seems like he loves basketball. That does seem to be. Um, Can't it, blame his main, sport. His main thing. <laughs> exactly, Adam. Um, so I, I kind of see him maybe ending up playing basketball at CU eventually. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, CU goes after another quarterback. I know they like Drew Carter a lot, um, but it might not be over with this 2021 class in terms of going after quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it is. Uh, and we'll see. There's a lot going on. We've been talking about for months, like, is there going to be a season? Is there not going to be a season? Uh, the Pac-12 players having their voices heard. Uh, first off, I just want to say that we're in this huge shift uh, socio- sociologi- sociologically. Power shift. Yeah. That's a word. Do we yeah. call it a paradigm? I don't know how to use a, that word properly. A paradigm is, shift? A paradigm shift? I don't know. Is that I right? don't know if we're there yet. Okay. Yeah. It's a massive power shift, though, in college sports. Yeah. I think it and we're you, seeing you, the start. You of think it. we're there? You think it actually is a massive power shift? We're seeing the, the start of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. The players That's realize fair. that they have leverage and they're using it. And I think that the coronavirus really broke a lot of things down and it helped people not just in this situation, but it kind of made it so like, oh, we do have some leverage here mm-hmm. and we can use this leverage, whether it was returning to work or uh, returning to practice. And so it is very interesting to see uh, these college athletes who have really been ruled by the NCAA for how long now come together and, for lack of a better term, unionize. Yeah, I, it's, it's interesting. I think we're going to see a lot more over these next few weeks about what's going to happen, but it already sounds like some things, they're already changing some things. The NCAA came out. Um, with a couple of changes that they made Um, I don't know exactly they're not laws or maybe regulations for schools Um, one of them is that they if they decide to opt out they have to remain on scholarship that was one of the Pac-12 players demands Um, and there was another big one that I'm drawing a blank on because I don't have my laptop in front of me but um, another big one that the Pac-12 players demanded that the NCAA gave them in that so we're already seeing it a little bit so can we can we backtrack for a second and um like uh talk about what these demands actually set it up a little bit more so the the players tribune um if you guys didn't see this on august 2nd um the players of the pac-12 um put out an article called hashtag we are united and it said to ensure future generations of college athletes will be treated fairly and they had a list of demands and one of them um I mean, they they started it because NCAA sports exploit college athletes physically, economically, and academically, and also disproportionately harm black college athletes. And so they rejected the NCAA claim that hashtag Black Lives Matter, so they want to use hashtag We Are United because they say that the NCAA is exploiting black athletes nationwide. They're being asked to play college sports in a pandemic in a system without enforced health and safety standards and without transparency on COVID cases. They want COVID testing. They want representation um, because they're asked to sign documents that are liability waivers. 
Um, they don't want sports-related medical expenses. Yes. So um, the waivers is one of the things that the NCAA took away. They said that you okay. cannot make players sign waivers to take away their... Their medical care. Yeah. 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 And then um, they wanted name, image, and likeness, which is kind of happening. Um, they want to be uh, sharing the revenue that their talents generate. That's the one that got everybody a little bit at. Yeah, a little riled up. Yeah. Opening up Pandora's box a little bit there because uh, I almost think that that's an interesting move on them because that is going to kind of take the focus away from some of the other things because that's such a hot button issue that that was kind of a bold move to say, and we want money. Right, right, you know? yeah, right. It's yeah. Like, That's already an issue. Yeah. Which is why I think when the Big Ten players came out with it, they decided not to touch on revenue yes. share and getting paid and all that. And then the Pac-12 athletes also said that because the NCAA has failed us, they're prepared to ensure that the conference um, treats them the way they want to be treated, whether or not it's still part of the NCAA, which is interesting because um, we've talked, I mean, lots of people have talked about Maybe the Power Five breaking away from this NCAA model and creating their own organization for college sports, which is very possible, especially yeah. when you ha- when you look at um, how they're all scheduling right now and kind of how they're handling the pandemic. It does seem like the Power Five schools might end up handling it different than everybody else. I mean, you already see Division Two; um, they've canceled their fall sports. Junior yeah. colleges canceled their fall sports. It seems like all these non-revenue divisions um, are handling it a lot differently than the revenue divisions right which means it, it might end up getting split eventually so what do you guys think though do you think it's like a, a fair list of demands up to the revenue part just because that's such a hot button issue whether or not uh players should be paid is something i've gone back and forth over for years because you know what getting a college education even if i'm not you know, doing the things I learned in math class every day, that is the most valuable thing I have. Mm-hmm. I yeah. loved college. That is a blessing and an opportunity. And that is compensation. And so if you get a free tuition or you get uh, a substantial scholarship, then that absolutely should be taken into account because not everyone gets a chance to go no, have that not at all. opportunity. The, the kind of argument against that would be that once these guys become employees, most school employees get a significant discount on their education anyway. If, right. you're, if you are a CU employee, you can get a pretty good discount um, on tuition. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of would all even out eventually if you do end up making them employees. But I think they had a couple interesting arguments in there when it comes to money because um, one of the big things is coaching contracts. And, and I think... Eventually, they want to cap coaching contracts. We saw um, Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> yeah. at Alabama. He signed a $2.5 million offensive coordinator contract yesterday, which is about the same money that Mel Tucker was making here yeah. at CU, um, just to put that into perspective. <laughs> so I think when a school like Alabama is paying their coaches that much and the players um, can't get a piece of that, I think we will eventually see th- things like coaching contracts. And the other thing is these um, add-ons that they put on contracts, and I know Darrell has a bunch of them, and his and one of them is uh, if your students are or if your athletes are making the grades or have a certain GPA yeah. and they get paid a bunch more. And I know I've talked to a lot of players that 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 makes them pretty pissed off because they're getting good grades so that the coaches can just make more money mm. is kind of uh, a ridiculous uh, idea. So I think some of these things we will actually see changes in. It might not be full money 
Um, but that might be how these guys end up getting paid down the road. Too. Well, what I'd like to see, and kind of drawing back on some of my experience, I was in a uh, flag football team. Ah, yes, that too. Won a championship, <laughs> no big deal. Uh, but no, I was in the International Honor Society, and we had to work with uh, people from all over the country, you know, and we had structure that was provided by our institutions. And so that made it so we could be our own leaders, right? And that's something where these guys are already showing leadership by doing what they're doing right now. But provide structure and give them a seat at the table and maybe it can be more of a conversation and less of a fight. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be one side versus the other. Everyone wants college football. And, you know, in theory, everyone wants respect, whether it's the people collecting the money or uh, the people out on the field. But there needs to be more of a conversation and uh, I guess less of an argument there. And I think the way that you address that is by actually making it something where you have maybe a, a leader like you look at the nba the, so I, you want them to unionize basically it, yeah 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 well I, I mean to your point i think the world would be a lot better if people had conversations instead of arguments yeah but this idea that <laughs> just creating a union um to I mean, you would still have the issue where they're going back and forth. Yeah. Like everyone would have to buy into this idea that, look, we're all on the same team. We're all trying to do what's best for these athletes. We're all trying to do what's best for the fans. We're all trying to make money, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So it, it, even if they unionize, I think things will get better for them, but I don't think it'll be like a hand-holding. Uh, oh, it never will. You know? I, I mean, you see these collective bargaining oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. agreements that, they're, that they're, these professional lockouts. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. yeah they're, not, they're not very nice. Uh, but one, right. th one thing about this that I did want to touch on was this um, COVID-19 safety standards, because like you said, that's one of the things that the Big Ten athletes actually um, basically, I mean, kind they of signed on to. Whole, yeah. Yeah, thing around. And um, these health and safety standards that the Pac-12 has imposed on their schools, I mean, I've been hollering about this for a few weeks now. Nobody's following them. Right. Like, you'll you'll see athletes um, during workouts, and it's not just at CU, it's all around the country, not wearing masks. You'll see coaches sometimes not. I mean, I don't I don't know about coaches, but I know about athletes. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is that I mean, they're supposed to be tested every week, and we haven't heard anything about that. They yeah, most of them have been tested twice unless they were in a situation uh, where they need to be tested again, unless they're forced to like quarantine for two weeks. Uh, okay, then they were tested. Yeah, a third time, but I don't think anybody's been tested more than like five times. On and CDC and when did they get back? It was June twelfth, right? Yeah, I think they started workouts on June fourteenth. So a June lot of fourteenth, yeah. a lot of them in the first couple weeks of June. So how many weeks? I mean, it's August right now, and they've been tested twice, not every week. Yeah, we're probably getting close to eight weeks, seven, eight weeks. So right they've been tested once a month, mm -hmm. which, I mean, the other thing is don't have Larry Scott come out in front of everyone and say that we're going to test them every week if that's not possible. Right. Like the Pepsi Center here had to limit the amount of tests they're giving out because we're starting to get a shortage in Colorado. So yeah. it's and then they can't get the results back at those types of places yeah. for weeks. So yeah. it doesn't really help you here because you need to get results back in at least a day in twenty four yeah. hours, which is why CU Boulder came out with their rapid test. Yeah, um, which, I mean, you've got twenty five thousand students living off campus and they're not going to test them. 
Right. Which is weird. Anyway, and, and that's uh, the, that's an, a completely yeah, other debate. But uh, yeah, college students will make this thing even more interesting because yeah. you have uh, athletes that are par- throwing parties right now. Yeah, at Louisville. Not at Colorado. Not at Colorado. As, but as far at, as we know, yeah. at Louisville. And so what's gonna ha- and so you can't stop them from partying when they actually have an obligation <laughs> to not party. How are you gonna stop college students when they come to party? And that might hurt the football team. Um, more than we think. And I think it's interesting you look at what sports are more sustainable than others throughout this pandemic. And basketball's easier to do because you only have, you know, what, 12, 15 players? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And well, so in theory, like you can do what the NBA is. and There's there no be... way they're going to have these athletes in a bubble. That, that... I mean, they, They've why thrown not? out the idea for, what, what was it? I think Big Ten ACC was kind of the report today. Because yeah. you, you couldn't uh, do it for football, too many people. Right, right. But, like, for basketball, you could get a conference that could do, if they were doing remote classes anyway, send them to But we're not doing remote classes here. (laughs) What was the quote? I tweeted it out today, but um, there's a quote from Larry Scott about... About all this. Send them with some tutors. They're they're not going to go to a bubble. (laughs) These are college students so or the bubble along has lines. already been burst because so, what happens is once you start sending them to a bubble then it's pretty clear what they are they're employees and then you can't make the oh, amateurism true. argument yeah, anymore they because they're to, not there for school mm, <laughs> yeah and and i i don't think well cu is not all in cu is in person okay um well it's it's a hybrid yeah that's what i was i was talking to someone yesterday who said one of their five classes in, is in person, and one of my five classes is in person also. Okay, and so the rest are all the rest are online or hybrids. Wow, I have one hybrid, and then the rest are completely virtual. How many students are in your in person class? Uh, about ten or twelve. Okay, yeah. So they they have limits there. on how big the classes can be on campus so each classroom has a number a new number i just got this this morning each classroom has a new a new number of the number of students that are allowed to be there and then they're redoing it so everyone separates and it's 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 a mess scheduling wise right now is it technically a hybrid class or is it no it's all in person yeah and then after thanksgiving they're sending us home so it's completely virtual after thanksgiving so there's no fall break so we're in class that monday and tuesday and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, everyone goes home and then doesn't come back to campus. Are you going to have finals in December? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be completely virtual after Thanksgiving through finals. Interesting. Um, so I guess theoretically, if we're talking about the basketball season, if everybody goes home on yeah, Thanksgiving, we could have send a bubble. the basketball players yeah. to the bubble yeah. start of December. And, and then boom. my other question with that is, if we have decided that it's not safe for students to go home and then come back after Thanksgiving. Does that mean that the athletes are going to be on campus even though none of the students will be? They're I mean, going to have is, to is that Is that not a bad look? It's a weird look. <laughs> Everything's a weird yeah. look, right? I mean, what we don't want is, like we joked around at the beginning of the show, we don't want what Major League Baseball is experiencing yes. right now. That is a sport that has a ton of people. They're not in a bubble. Uh, and we don't want necessarily, like, I, I guess, you know, the NFL is supposed to happen, right? Yeah. I but, don't know how I feel about it. But the, the, the thing about this is if you look at hockey, you look at basketball, and you look at baseball, out of those three sports that are going on right now, 
the one that is most like what's going to happen in college starting this season is baseball. Right. And we've seen that it's not working. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I want, I want football as much as anyone else. I mean, I can't imagine doing sports without football in the fall. I can't imagine going to school without football in the fall. But at some point, you've got to decide that, that maybe, maybe we should take it easy and be okay with losing this revenue and have something else, um, maybe do it in the spring or just wait till next season. And it sucks for all the players. It sucks for everyone that's involved. But, I, I mean, I, I, I just don't know how it's going to work. Well, yeah, I think that's pretty much exactly what uh, Randy Edsall said, the UConn head coach. Yeah. Um, they've pulled out of playing this season. It's kind of more because of scheduling. They became independent this year. So right. they, they're not in a conference and a lot of conferences are going conference only but he said that even if they were in a conference he would still um pull them out this year because of exactly what you just said it, it it's worth more um than money the he i think the exact line was players are worth more than money and he said he the biggest voices in all of this the biggest reason why they are pulling out is because of what he's heard from the players and and that's kind of along the same lines of what i've been hearing too and and i think what we've been seeing on social media these players are becoming pretty outspoken that they're not comfortable with playing yet and at some point you got you got to make that well the pac-12 might have made that decision a little easier right with the loan i was i was setting you up oh yeah yeah he's setting him up for a transition and adam's just looking out staring at the space here he's just staring at the thing that says loan question mark like where where do i go from here yeah you know i'm not i'm not much of a financial guru here uh, so yeah, the, I sent this story to Vinay, and I was like, "Yep, just write it for me." I didn't even read the article. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't even. Read. We're turning to you. Tell us about the loan here. I, I read the article this morning. I was very confused. <laughs> Wait, really? You read my article and you were confused? No, I read the other one. Oh, oh, well, I read well, the one okay. that you sent to the group chat, okay. there, Chase. <laughs> okay, because oh, I mean, basically, you didn't read my article. But Vinay well, cleared everything go, up yeah. for us. I mean, basically, it sounds like there's a there's a loan possibility, and they would pay it back like it's a loan. Yeah, so let me let me <laughs> I won't do the inverted pyramid for this. So I'll start at the beginning. So um oh, I'm reading the McKinley Wright story, sorry. So the um the Pac-12 is trying to figure out how they're going to offset the cost of not having football if that happens. Not cost, loss of profits. The loss of profits, excuse me. Yes. Um so um John Wilner is this great reporter if you don't follow him you need to on um um for the mercury something yeah nobody has their a bigger finger on the pulse no. of what's going on in the pac 12 so 18 months ago larry scott hires this group this um this investment bank to see how they can get more money out of the pac 12 <laughs> media rights and then it turns out that he's also working with them now to see if they can provide this loan so they can secure this loan and provide it to the schools. So this was the idea of Cal's chancellor, and she said, why not, instead of every athletic department taking out a loan, the Pac-12 just takes out this big loan and gives that money to its uh, member schools, and the member schools would pay that back. Um, I think it's the terms of that loan are 3.75% over 10 years. (laughs) <laughs> and so over 10 years, they'd pay that money back. 
Um, I think the maximum that they can take is eighty-three million, is what Wilner said. A lot but, of money. Yeah, and That's not more than they need. The, yeah, yeah, no school would need the full eighty-three million. CU would probably need more, around forty-three million, Depends forty-four, on how many forty-five. You want to build. <laughs> well, that's 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 a good point. But yeah, to keep the athletic department running, even if there's no football season, this is like a um, a press in case of emergency. Thing. Yeah, yeah, a life raft, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it seems like a good idea to me. I mean, you, you don't want to hang all of your athletic departments out to dry. Yeah. And I think the PAC 12 is doing a good job taking the leadership on this. Even though our chancellor, Phil DiStefano, who was in charge of the PAC 12 CEOs group, um, wasn't aware of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, oh, is Larry Scott still working with the rain group, which is that investment bank on this loan? So it seems like Larry Scott and that chancellor from Cal are spearheading this program. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope it happens. Well, <laughs> for, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess, first of all, we would kind of hope that football happens yeah. in yeah. a safe way. Yeah. Um, and then if it doesn't happen, yeah, you want to make sure that all these athletic departments right. can stay afloat yeah, and all the sports continue to be able and to play. It's kind that. of a death sentence, yeah. if, if not for some schools. And Rick George has said that cutting sports is off the table. He doesn't want to do that at all. And this would be a way, I mean, he said all options are on the table. I, I, I mean, I asked Dave Platty, who's, the, um, who's kind of the spokesperson for the athletic department, if that is on the table and if they're considering it. And he said um, that they're not ready to comment on it yet. So... We'll wait till uh, till we can uh, hear more about these actual terms. But if John Wilner reported it, it's the gospel. Like it's it's what they're discussing in the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he actually obtained some documents or something. Yes, that, that he did some uh, open more. records requests to get some emails oh, between boy. the chancellors. Um, I yeah, love we, a good open record. Yeah, request. we got to figure out how. Uh, <laughs> how we can get some uh, uh, emails between the athletic department staff. <laughs> Did you see when CU. the Gundy emails came out that um, like through the, throughout that whole thing, no. someone went and open records requests all of his emails <laughs> and everything that was getting sent back and forth and some of them are pretty funny. Um, something that you should go read and, and why we need open records <laughs> acts in every single state. I uh, freaking love reading through just those random emails that come out. Oklahoma seems to do it right, whereas the state of Washington is a little bit of a different story because Cassidy Woods might actually be in a little bit of trouble for recording that phone conversation. I think he had some legal defense, but that's a whole different debate. Speaking of Speaking of Washington, your uh, your guy Nick Rolovich has been in some yeah. hot water. Um, we might need to remove that preface here pretty <laughs> soon. Uh, or it, he's not your guy anymore. Well, it doesn't matter how much you say about his mustache. If you disrespect your players, Chase doesn't like you anymore. It's interesting because um, as we've kind of received the full details, um, it might make him look a little bit better. Because yes. the thing, another is, John Wilner report. He had this phone call before. Um, the Pac-12 players came out with all of their demands and stuff, so it's a little bit different. Right. Um, but it did seem like he was kind of threatening his spot on the team if he was part of this We Are United group, and Cassidy Woods is one of the leaders of it, um, and he decided to opt out. He, he said his reasoning was because of sickle cell, um, which is obviously a very good reason. But it's a serious <laughs> reason. Yeah. Rol- Rolovich was also worried that one of the reasons he was opting out was because he's part of this group, where nine uh, schools out of the 12 in the Pac-12 have players opting out 
Um, Colorado is not one. Not one of them yet. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see how that ends up. Do you going have some inside info for us? Um, we'll, we'll just see. We'll see how that. Jaron Mangum's going, tweet going down, the but road. he said he's not dropping out. Play, on that tweet. Players have been kind of outspoken on Twitter. Yeah, there's yeah. no one that is in um, that is opting out yet. But I know there are definitely a solid group of players that are involved in those discussions. There's a giant group text of all the players that are involved. That sounds like um, the most annoying thing in the world. Oh, yeah. I get annoyed oh, there's six people oh, in the group yeah. text. It's like, Imagine 60. It's like 300. Oh, oh I, I get no. a, I get annoyed if there are three of us in a group text. <laughs> I don't know how you And can, someone sends articles. Yeah, I don't know how you can follow that, but it, it's about 300 Pac-12 football players that are all in a group text, and there's a significant amount oh, yikes. Um, from CU that are in it, especially some pretty big-name players. I, I'm not going to give away. Our group text times 100. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to give away anything there. Yeah. Um, it, and so anyways, Rolovich was kind of threatening. Yeah. I, I would say he was threatening his spot on the team, obviously. He has but to, he said he could keep his scholarship, right? He, right, is what for a year. After. There, there was yeah, a little yeah, yeah, thing yeah. that Rolovich yeah, dropped after yeah, that that yeah. was for the year, Yeah, um, which he's a sophomore right now, <laughs> so he would... Um, he wouldn't get to finish his degree. He's not going to stay at Washington State. I think that's pretty clear <laughs> that he's going to be finding a yeah. new home um, probably after this semester, but it's all kind of interesting to see how... Some of these coaches are reacting to the players. It's yeah, it's all. I mean, I I don't think Carl Durrell will be the type of coach who who threatens his guys like that. Yeah, I hope not. We'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it, it's interesting to see how someone's stock can fall so quickly in Chase's eyes. Oh, yeah, Rolovich's stock is is dropped. So it originally was <laughs> but, a compliment on the mustache. That was it. Well, yeah, I, I always, I'm the only one I always, with the mustache. I always rooted for him at Hawaii. I loved staying up late and watching those Hawaii games. So I was always a fan of him before he went to Washington State. And then we had a little bit of an interaction at the um, Pac-12 tournament in Vegas. And I was like, Where all, he right, said? all right, I'm fully in. What did he say? <laughs> uh, he just He stared me down for about five seconds, and I knew who it was. I was kind of looking, and when I we made eye contact, he just goes, "That is a fine mustache. That's awesome. <laughs> that really is." <laughs> hey, you know, uh, Carl Durrell has never complimented you on your mustache. Not yet. We'll, we'll hopefully get there. There's time. There's time. <laughs> it's playoff beard season right now. It's uh, we're get NHL playoff time right now. Tad Boyle yeah. hasn't either, though. Speaking of, he looks like Dark Knight Rises. Does he still have? No, I think it's gone. It's oh, gone. Oh, That's disappointing because yeah. he I, really looked pretty cool. I would not have complimented Tad Boyle on his beard. I would. It's beautiful. Said it needs to go, Coach. Beards are beautiful. <laughs> All right. So uh, swinging back into basketball, we do have real sports going on, folks. Which it's is, amazing. What? It's yeah. pretty incredible. You turn on the TV, you have like an NBA game yeah, that game starts at 10 a.m. or something. Yeah. Oh, it's a dream come true With for the me. Zoom fans, that's pretty cool. I get so into the NBA offseason. Like, it's one of my favorite things to follow in sports. It's not even a normal season. But this is even better. <laughs> I just Actual have basketball sports. in the summer. And, uh, yeah, I, I wrote an article for the site about Derek White, who's just been... Derek White, yeah. Balling. White. Absolutely White. Balling. 
And uh, Alec, Alec Burks might get some more PT. Unfortunately, uh, dislocated knee for Ben Simmons, so we don't know how long. So he he's might be, be getting out. some actual PT physical therapy. Ah, yeah. yes, yes. Well done, well done. Thank you. Uh, and Roberson getting back in the minutes he he got eleven, uh, which by my count is the most he's had. That eleven is more than ten. Is he still draining threes? He was like fifty percent in the exhibition games. Oh, oh for one yesterday. Okay, uh, he's not taking them right. But now. I don't know if you saw the stat bomb I dropped. In his fifteen minutes of play, he has the second oh, best yeah. defensive rating in the NBA yeah. behind only Giannis. Ninety nine point six or something. Something like that. Yeah, absolutely astounding. And so uh, he's still playing lockdown defense, but it, it's been kind of fun to watch some of these guys. Uh, I think Burks is going to get more minutes with uh, – they're not going to really have a choice, especially the lack of depth that the Sixers have at the guard position. But the the real story is Derek White. He has been sensational to watch and looking like he could turn into uh, somebody who's going to be a fringe all-star. He got his ankles absolutely ruined by uh, Michael Porter Jr. yesterday. Well, Michael Porter Jr. He spent on fire too. Yeah. So. Well, that's the thing about Greg Popovich is he takes these guys – that maybe weren't very good coming out of college. I mean, Derek White was good, but he wasn't a top-level player. 29th pick in 2017. Yeah, and he makes them into these just amazing players. Uh, the way he did with Kawhi Leonard, uh, you can go all the way back to Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Yeah, back when I mean, he was Emmanuel Ginobili. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Emmanuel. Before he was even cool enough to be Manu. Okay. He turned him into Manu. Yeah. You could say. And he <laughs> someone someone got his bald spot, you know, mm, in yes. there too. Yeah. Right, right. He was bald when he was like thirty. And he had some great flow feel for back him. in like two thousand four yeah. or whatever that was. <laughs> uh what is Derek White's def- Derek defense, White's uh yeah. his defensive rating? Rating, yeah. Let me pull that I, I know up. he's been taking a bunch of charges. I oh, you weren't ready with this stat he, bomb? I don't think he played great defense uh yesterday against the Nuggets because they gave up what one hundred and thirty six. Thirty six points, yeah, something in the one thirties. Um and and I watched him get his ankles broken by Michael Porter Jr. Can I, can it's I not just great. It's not great. Okay. It's uh one fourteen. Which is what, like middle? Of the I mean, pack it's it's a bottom? little below average. A little bit below okay. Average. Okay, so um, he's can taking you, a bunch of charges. Just for comparison, can you tell us um, Andre Roberson's? Uh, I can I can check up on that. Last time it was like ninety nine. Let's see what. Yeah, it's but at, they held though. the Lakers to what eighty seven points. And and I I had a hot take yesterday. I said the Thunder are going to take care of the Lakers, and they did. So I felt good about that. Uh, How much money did you put on it? None. Just just talking crap to my <laughs> to my friends. Yeah, well, uh, one hundred point nine. If you don't have, if you don't put your money where your mouth is, it doesn't matter. Well, I should have. I should have. Um, Thunder money line probably was so, a nice bet. So a lower defensive rating is, is better. better. Yeah. And then so Roberson is at one hundred point nine. Derek White is at 115. Yeah, about 114. Okay. So his defense yeah. rating actually got worse after holding. But who was he guarding? Probably LeBron. LeBron? Yeah. I mean, in, uh, it's kind of – it's still really good. You know, it's still top five, I'm sure. Uh, he, he doesn't have enough minutes to where he's going to show up, but I'll, I'll pull up the uh, NBA's best defensive rating. It, it's been Giannis and Brooke Lopez all year. Can I just say, while we're sitting here watching um, Adam uh, pull up these defensive ratings, his typing is just atrocious. What? I'm hitting the buttons with my fingers. <laughs> what more is there? <laughs> it's oh, just weird. Learn to how see. to type. Yeah, come on. 
figure it out. <laughs> Is this better technique for yeah. you? I have. Yeah, all your all your fingers should be on the keys. You shouldn't just have like. Two I have big fingers. hands. Hey Adam, I have a question. <laughs> okay. How fast can you type tenthanduni.com into your laptop? <laughs> uh, fast enough to get fifteen percent off with a promo, promo code, code country. <laughs> That's Boom. a great setup. What a way to deliver an ad. <laughs> If you haven't gone to tenthanduni.com, if you haven't ordered something, what are you doing? Why are you still listening to this podcast? You need to get on the internet and order something. The the best hats, the best t-shirts. Which, by the way, I was supposed to get my shirt today. Yeah, yeah, and I was supposed to get my reporter's notebook. (laughs) Your little diary. How did that work out? Photo shoot Monday? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We will have to do a photo shoot. Get get it out of the social medias. Um, But, yeah, go to tenthanduni.com. Get yourself a CU Buffs hat. Get yourself a CU Buffs t-shirt. Men's and women's. Use the promo code COUNTRY, C-O-U-N-T-R-Y. Can you spell that again? C-O-U-N-T-R-Y. Beautifully done. Uh, T-E-N-T-H-A-N-D-U-N-I dot C-O-M. You could do the WWW at the beginning if you want. Mm -hmm. World Wide Uh, Web. Or or (laughs) even throw the HTTP in before that. (laughs) Are you a HTTP or a HTTPS guy? Oh, well, back in the uh, middle school, elementary school (laughs) days, we used to do the old S so we can hop on on the the good websites. Yes. I don't know about that. Well, yeah. uh, We're probably outdating Adam now. (laughs) I think you are, yeah, showing your youth. <laughs> the the gaming sites were all blocked in elementary oh, school, smart, so you had to go. Smart. You had to go HTTPS, so they knew it was okay. secure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to play, what were the big? Uh, uh, I was a big cool math for kids person. Well, that so one I didn't was legal. Need the yeah, S. that yeah. one was legal. But uh, cool I, I, math I, for kids. I used to play this parking <laughs> game. Cool math games, wasn't it? Cool. Uh, you could go to either. You okay. could go to cool math games, or you could go to cool math for kids. You could. I wonder if those sites still exist. We used to play Kitty Cannon. You would you would what? shoot a cartoon cat onto a bunch of spikes. Ah. It's pretty disgusting. Stuff. Like Angry Birds. Even to go to like yeah. YouTube back in the day. We oh had to yeah. Do HTTPS. We weren't allowed to Google in elementary school. That was fun. Well, in case you were wondering, <laughs> if if how Andre dumb were our teachers? <laughs> oh my god, they didn't teach us how to Google. <laughs> I mean, that should be or what type, everybody learns in like kindergarten. Or now. type evidently, because we saw what Adam was doing over here. <laughs> what, what is I, Adam has never taken a computer class in his life? Clearly. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, if you're wondering, after all that typing, I did find that <laughs> Roberson, in his incredibly small sample size, would have uh, the third best defensive rating in the NBA behind Giannis and Brooke Lopez. So that's pretty darn good. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I think Derek White's going to continue. Like like you were saying, he, the Spurs just do such a good job Their of, player kind of finding these guys, yeah. developing these guys. And he's starting to look like that next guy. And uh, it's very fun to see what they're doing with him and Deontay Murray together. So if you're a Buffs fan, you're now a Spurs fan. No. No. Or, wrong. <laughs> but if you're, I, if you're a Nuggets fan, it's hard to root for the Spurs. Yeah, true. Well, they're, they're not dangerous enough to well, be scared of anyone. Yeah, now. I guess. Give them a few more years. The Nuggets weren't danger en- dangerous enough to the Spurs for right. like the last 10 years. And now the Spurs aren't dangerous yeah. enough for the Nuggets. Exactly. But if you are a Buffs Country podcast fan, you're also a 10th and uni fan. Mm-hmm. And you must visit that website yeah. and you must order something. Use the promo you code must. country. You must. You must. You must. Or you can't listen to the podcast yeah, anymore. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to start cutting people off. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to shut off your feed, man. <laughs> <laughs> Blocking people. I, I, I don't think that's a good idea. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah, please, mean, please listen. To me. We, yeah. we need every listen we can get. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the right way to look at it. Yeah. L- listen to us and go to uh, uh, 10th and uni.com. Do they have an actual store? They have a brick and mortar store at 10th and uni, don't they? I don't think they do right now, but uh, good question there. I'm not exactly sure. We'll follow up with our folks at 10th and uni and see. Yeah. I love my shirt. We'll I really do. I've worn that a lot. It's super soft, it's incredibly fits soft. It's well. I have a giant buffalo on my chest. I uh, would I would love my shirt no, if I had doesn't it. Love his shirt. I love my hats. I wear them all the time. Yeah. Is that it? Is that it? I think it is. I, I can watch the flyers. You can watch the flyers. I can Let's go. go. Let's go flyers. The, I think I got the heat going against the uh Bucks today. PGA Championship weekend. Ooh, week. okay. There's yeah. no CU bus playing in that, but uh we root for Tiger around here. Yeah. And I spoke to Steve Jones this morning, so it's been an all-around great day. Oh, beautiful. Oh. Kirsty Hodgkins is competing at the US Women's AM. I think she lost today though, so this is probably going to come out by the time she lost. Um but uh Daniel Lachlan next week is going to compete in the US AM. That's a very big tournament. I'm very interested to see how that CU buff does. Yeah. yeah. Sports. They're back. They're back. So are we in studio. Peace well, out. See you next week.